Welcome to the H2P Podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we are taking on all things pit hoops today on this great Sunday, April 11th, here in 2021. Remember, if you're here for DK Sports Radio and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? You got to get on it. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitch, we're everywhere podcasts are hosted. Just check us out and rate us five stars. Leave us a positive comment. That stuff really helps out the, the entire network on top of the daily shots that Dayon does and everyone else does. But I'm here to talk to you today about pit hoops. And pit fans, there are, I have, I bring you good tidings. And it is rare for good tidings over the past couple months for pit basketball fans. Because kind of like pit football, pit basketball started off hot, got cold, but you know, and then you know everything fell apart, five players transferred out, three starters. But there's been some very interesting tidbits that I've been getting here and there that might be good news for next year's Pit Panthers. This first segment I'll talk about the first part, and that's just Justin Champagny. And I continue to just get things that suggest to me that he's coming back in 2021. Now, if you had said this early February, I'd have been like, you out of your mind. That dude is balling. He's killing everybody. You know, no one can stop this dude. He's rebounding. He's scoring. He's hitting threes. He's defending. He's doing everything you need him to do. He was Superman. But then he cooled off. Other teams started saying, let's let's focus on him. And there became some problems. And then his three-point shot became inconsistent. You saw him get a little flustered late in the season. Things were off. But still, first team all ACC, you know, one of the best players in all the you know in the in the conference. All that was true. But for him to go to the NBA draft, you you, you got to remember, the NBA draft is the best of the best of the best. Now, Justin Champagny is the best of the best, but he ain't the best of the best of the best just yet. Because in basketball, because there's only two rounds in the NBA draft, and because there's only so many teams with so few spots, you got to be really doggone good. Especially at six foot six, like Justin Champagny. You know, at Pitt, six foot six, that works. You can be a small power forward, whatever, you know, and and had his skills. And he out rebounds everybody because he hustles and he just gets to the ball and he hits. He was hitting his shots. When you get to the NBA, everybody hustles, everybody's fast, everybody rebounds, and all that effort. You're gonna be against dudes now that are gonna be at his where where Champagne is playing right now at power forward at the four spot for Pitt. He's gonna be. He's going to be going up against dudes that are 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". And then the rebounding gets tougher there. But that's why Champagny entered the draft process, not the actual NBA draft. He said, I'm going to explore my options. And since then, we continue to see signs that he'll be coming back. What are those signs? Well, a few weeks ago, Pitt Basketball released a video of their uh, their players thanking 
um, their trainers in their in their locker room, and it was all their young guys practicing. And who was practicing right with them, and who was lifting weights right with them? Justin Champagne, still with the team. The other day on Instagram, he posts uh, of uh, just a, Justin Champagne posts you know him hanging out with Femi Udakale. He's like, that's my guy, and they're showing off you know a new outfit that Femi's wearing. And those are trivial. Those are more like, okay, so he's hanging out in pit still. You know, that's, 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 that's normal. He's still in college. But hear me out. Because, to me, the, the biggest sign is that after he said that he test out the process, and that was about a month ago or so, we've seen him get lower and lower on NBA mock drafts. Now, oftentimes, mock drafts can be completely nonsense. Believe me, I see them all the time in the NFL. A lot of times, it's just dudes pontificating on stuff. You know, what Dale and I try to do, we try to go off based off the information that we're receiving and figuring out what the team's targeting and what other teams are targeting and how that can mix with each other, those type of things. And it's the same thing for a lot of NBA drafts. But the people on ESPN who've been doing their mock drafts, Champagne's gotten lower and lower as they continue to release them and we're into April now. And on a few of the recent ones, he wasn't even drafted. Now, what does that tell me? Well, you know, you're going to say, "Well, Chris, why does that matter? Some some guy ESPN says that he's not going to get drafted." Well, I think it's because those guys they got those inside connections. They're going to they're going to know that now that Justin Champagne, he's gone out and he's been talking to teams and learning what they think of him, that's going to bounce around a little bit. Those conversations are going to get out to a few more people. And now that the, the tournament's over and teams are going and looking back at different prospects and everything like that, Justin Champagne's not going to hold up as well as some of the people who shine in the big dance. So I think a lot of teams are telling him, hey, man, like we really like your potential. But you got to develop a consistent three-point shot, not a hot and cold three-point shot. You got to develop better handles. The things that I saw on the court is like, hey, if he can develop these two things and become a pure offensive threat at all these different points, he can make himself a first-round pick in the NBA draft. And that's why I think he should come back. But now that I'm seeing all the training videos and the, the posts and everything... And now we're seeing the mock drafts moving lower and lower. I really do think Justin Champagne will be back. Now, some people might say, well, what does that matter? They didn't win with him much last year anyways. Well, let's get one thing straight. One, there was clearly a power struggle amongst the star players of the team. Remember, Xavier Johnson wanted to be the star of the team. He wanted to have a team that he could say, hey, like, obviously I run this. I'm the best here. I'm the one the NBA scouts come to come to watch and see. And he just wasn't that. Just wasn't. And now, Justin Champagne comes in, he's rocking, and there were some obvious problems. And if you've you've read my work, I've covered pit basketball all season long. I pointed out there was it was halftime after the Notre Dame or in the in the middle of the Notre Dame game when they're getting shellacked by the Fighting Irish, and Justin Champagne's trying to wake up the team and you know at halftime and they're doing their layup lines and he's he's like dapping up everybody you know splowing this guy splowing that guy, and then 
as when he gets to X, X like just like ignores him, doesn't even touch his hand, doesn't even try to like acknowledge his presence. And then Champagne sees it. He looks he looks over to Tim O'Toole. Goes to talk to him. And he's like, I you know I can't tell what he's saying, but it looks like he's saying, Coach, what's up with that? Now nothing came of it then and there, but it seems to me there were some issues going on. But this year there there won't be any issues. Femi Rukali ain't coming in here thinking he's running the show. Neither is Nike Sabande. This is Justin Champagne's team. And I wouldn't put it past Capel to have some guys on the team that are going to help build around to get get him more opportunities. And I think Justin Champagne also knows that, hey, you know, last year, and I told Paul Zeiss this on his radio show on Friday, last year... When Justin Champagne started the season, he wasn't on any preseason All-ACC teams. He was just another guy. He was like, hey, you had a good season, at, good freshman season at Pitt. Congratulations. But now, after his 2020 season, people are going to be like, okay, Justin Champagne. If he comes back, that's what they'll do. They'll, he'll be on all those lists and let him have another really good year like he did last year. Then he'll be up there. And then, then NBA scouts will be like, all right, this ain't no fluke. This ain't no one-timer. But he needs a good team around him. Pitt needs to be able to make a run. Do well in the ACC tournament. Make the big dance. There's a couple things in development. I'm going to get into those and more reasons why Pitt basketball fans have something to be excited. Right after this. podcast i'm your host chris carter here on dk sports radio so last segment i was talking about justice champagne and you know why i think he's coming back and why he should come back and why it all works out but what's he coming back to is the question well for one jeff capo landed his first recruit this week now some people might be saying well you know okay so we got a recruit six foot seven guard slash small forward nate santos Decent wing defender, shooter, you know, maybe he's a sharp shooter that they can add in as an outside presence, but who knows if he even plays next year. You know, people were really excited to see William Jeffers, and it took him until the end of the season. I, I get your skepticism there. But you're overlooking the fact that there are still a lot of moves to be made out here. For all the people that Pitt lost... They can get guys right back in the transfer portal. And the transfer portal, as I record this, is at 1,294 players who are in the transfer portal. 1,294. The most before that was like 1,025. So it's going to get over 1,300 probably, maybe even by the time you're listening to this podcast. But the thing about this is that there's a ton of talent in there. Heck, was Garrison Brooks... The guy that was killing Pitt for North Carolina, he's in the transfer portal. If Jeff Capel can just assemble a couple guys there to get Pitt some depth, boom, they got it. And maybe even a starter. But the big thing, the big thing to watch for is coming this week. 
if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's Efton Reed. Now, those who don't know who Efton Reed is, he's a five-star recruit. He's a center. He's a seven-foot-one dude from Florida. And I've said it before here. I've been writing it on DKPittsburghSports.com. Rivals announced that Pitt was the leading team to get Efton Reed. Now, supposedly, according to the people that, that have been in the know of figuring out, who, you know, who Jeff Capel's been going after, supposedly Jeff Capel, he's been in the works to get Efton Reed, you know, for, for a while. And Rivals ranks this guy as the third best center in this in this year's high school recruiting class and the 24th best overall player. If Efton Reed is what they say he is and Pitt gets him, first of all, Pitt ain't got people like that. You know, people, like, people were excited about Xavier Johnson, Audis Tony. You know, these guys were three-star at best recruits. Champagne, I believe, was a two-star recruit. This guy's five-star. This guy's got all the tools. He's big. He's talented. He knows what he's doing. And you can build a team around him. And I'm telling you, you add a guy like this to your roster next year with Femi Udakali... A little bit better because he's but he'll be working on his things. A Nike Sabande, who we saw how good he can get, and then you add a Justin Champagny returning back from the NBA or returning back from not going to the NBA, and then hey, you can add a power four. Maybe John Hugley comes back. Maybe you get a guy in the transfer portal, and then you still get to look at Noah Collier, William Jeffress, Max Madison. You work around any of those guys, and then you have Efton Reed. There's a chance that team, that team can do some damage. Because the problem with Justin Champagne late in the season was every team realized, okay, Pitt needs to go through him to beat us. Let's take him out. Let's take him out. Let's get physical. Let's foul him up. Let's rough him up. And let's force Xavier Johnson or Audis Tony to beat us. And then when they when they left, it was okay, let's force, you know, Abdul Kareem Koulibaly to beat us. And it was tough to get into any grooves for Pitt. But you get this guy, a dominant presence in the paint, an athletic talent at center who's a real center. What was the last time Pitt had a real center? You get a guy like that? I mean, he may only be around for a year. That's how a lot of these five-star guys go. But it could change everything. And you build, again, you build him with a better Champagne. Nike Sabande fitting into the system. Femi Urukali running the offense. And then, who knows, maybe you get a Garrison Brooks or just a, a talented big man to add to your, your front court in the transfer portal. And then you can still get other veterans to come, come to your team and help out that way too. And you got that freshman class. There's a real shot that could happen. Now, why am I bringing up Efton Reed right now? Efton Reed's mother said on Twitter a while back that April 15th, this Wednesday, Efton Reed's going to announce which school he's picking. So Wednesday, that's the day. If Pitt lands Efton Reed, everything changes. It will be the biggest recruit that 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 not only Jeff Capel's gotten, it'll be the biggest recruit since like Steve Adams or 
really maybe you know in a very long time for Pitt. I'll put it. I'll just put it that way. And if Jeff Capel not only lands him, but they find a way to win next year with him, Champagny, Otakale, Sabande, the guys that they got on their roster, one of those, again one of those freshmen steps up. And some some transport guys that let let them let them make a real run in the ACC tournament. Let them get to the big dance and, and win a couple games. If they make a Sweet Sixteen, Pitt will be right back on the map for for players to say, "Hey, we want to go there and play under Jeff Capel." And all this this downward spiral, this worrying about you know the the, the losing of these players in the transfer portal, it'll all go away. People forget all about it. Because then they'll realize, man, okay, Jeff Cable had a plan all along. Now, again, this is assuming several things going to play. One, Champagne has to go back to come back to the pit over the NBA, which again I, I, I outlined in the entire first segment why I think that's I, I'm I'm fairly certain that's going to happen. And he has to land Efton Reed, and then he's going to need you know some couple pieces in the transfer portal. But again, the transfer portal is huge. And I just think that also, and I talked about this with Candace Cooper on last week's H2P podcast last Sunday. Candace Cooper hosts the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. And we were just talking about how the transfer portals just changed the game of college basketball. And what's crazy was last week, we were talking about how, well, it's about to go over 1,200. It's about to go over 1,300 this week of players in the transfer portal. And it, it, is, it, is it a little alarming that Pitt, Lost five players to the portal? Yeah, sure. But so have other teams like Missouri. Indiana, where Xavier Johnson is transferring to, was about to lose six players. But when they hired Mike Woodson, a Knicks coach, they were like, ah, wait, wait, wait. three of those guys were like, oh, we'll, we'll come back to play for a guy from the NBA <laughs> because he'll he'll be in the know and he can help us get, get, get our careers going. But there's plenty of teams that go through changes. Missouri's, I think, had five players in the portal, and they heck, they were a competitive team this year. So, again, I'm not too worried about the portal stuff. All of that can change this week with Efton Reed, and then whenever Justin Champagny makes his announcement, if he's coming back to Pitt. Those two things happen. Capel follows through with a strong transfer portal, a couple of transfer portal commits. Maybe this Nate Santos kid is really a sharpshooter that helps out early on. You can get some really good stuff this year. I know it's been, you know, Pitt's become a punching bag for these type of jokes over the past couple months. But man, it could be the other way around really quick. We've seen that in college basketball with other programs. So stay tuned. Wednesday. I'll be sure to write about it right on DKPittsburghSports.com. Subscribe to us there if you're not already because we do a lot of great work there at DKPittsburghSports.com. Not just on Pitt, but on Penn State, on Steelers, on Pirates, on Penguins, on, on Duquesne. We got it all there. Check us out. You won't regret it. But again, I'm Chris Carter. This has been the H2P Podcast. Remember to rate us five stars with a positive comment. Subscribe to us if you're not already. We're on Apple, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are hosted. We appreciate you listening on a Sunday. Be back in your ears later this week with more Pit Talk. And of course, Dale Lolly and I breaking down some Steelers talk during the week and NFL draft talk during the weekends. And of course, don't forget DK's daily shots where he's going to stealing over the Steelers, Pirates, Penguins with a new take 
every day, Monday through Friday. Again, I'm Chris Carter, signing off.